Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. Call 877-499-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So cancel the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 877-499-MY-TV. Right now to sign up for packages starting as low as $24.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $24.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 877-499-MY-TV. That's 877-499-MY-TV. Cancel the cable, cut costs, and get more. Call now, 877-499-MY-TV. That's 877-499-MY-TV. You're listening to Sports Econ 101. You know our show. It's where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Bruce McGowan, longtime sports radio personality. Today's show is going to be extra special because of our guest. Who's our guest today? Yeah, Hall of Famer Rick Berry, one of uh, my personal friends from the old days. We worked together briefly, uh, well, about, about five years, actually, at KMBR All Sports Radio in San Francisco. Rick has had a, worn a number of hats since he's been into basketball, but he's kept his association with the sport. And we're going to talk about the current NBA of today, and also some of the great moments of his career, too. It'll well, be fun. Yeah, you know, we had Al Laddles on before, and he doesn't like to make comparisons, but we're going to ask Rick when he comes on yeah. the next segment whether he likes to make comparisons Okay, or not. sounds good. Okay, at each commercial break, we're going to ask a sports trivia question. Uh, we're going to be giving away a vacation to the uh, first email with the correct answer, and the vacations are not sponsored by the radio station, but by Lighthouse Resort and Marina, located about one hour northeast of San Francisco. And uh, today's trivia theme is just miscellaneous uh, trivia. Sounds good to me. All right. Uh, anything else you want to cover before we? Uh, no, just to the get break? ready. Get excited about getting a chance to talk some hoops with Rick. <laughs> okay, and then maybe we'll get on to a little Giants. There you go. And uh, the, the Cubs are still uh, yeah, Cubs exciting. Are playing, Cubs are playing some great baseball. In fact, the Giants are what they won the last. They won. They won thirteen out of fourteen yeah, as we speak, yeah. and that could change. Of course, they're hitting the road. And uh, the cow, I think it'll be the Cavs and uh, probably, OKC. Yeah, probably Cavs and OKC, but you never know. Yeah, don't so count again, the Warriors again, out. When we get when we get Rick on in yeah. uh, in just about another minute here, we're gonna we're gonna ask him about that. Um, and any any injuries uh, updates no, on anybody? Nothing. No, nothing. Okay, but we can get into that later. All let's, right, let's so get, let's move. Okay, this. This segment of Sports Econ 101, sponsored by Pacific Private Money, providing mortgage investments that are currently yielding over 8% secured by real estate. It doesn't get any more conservative than that. you got to check them out at PacificPrivateMoney.com. I've got them in my IRA, still producing over 8% on a monthly basis. What is that, about 0.67% per month? Better better in one month than you can get in a year in a bank. Now you got me. Very good. All right, you're listening to Sports Econ 101. Stay tuned. When we come back, we're going to have Rick Berry on. How would you like to earn over 8% per year in your investment portfolio in a conservative investment that has been considered one of the best-kept secrets in investing? 
At Pacific Private Money, we are actually paying over 8%. Imagine what a mutual fund of low loan-to-value mortgages would look like. Well, that is very similar to what participating in the Pacific Private Money Fund is like, because we own many loans in the fund that are actually less than 60% loan-to-value. It would be extremely difficult to find an investment that yields over 8% with this much collateral. We pay you monthly. Can you imagine earning more in one month than most banks are paying in one year? Of course you have questions about how we can deliver this. So call Pacific Private Money at 415-883-2150 and we will answer all of your questions. You can also visit us at pacificmoneyfund.com. Imagine your child cannot hear or speak. What do you do? Where do you go? Weingarten Children's Center provides innovative and effective services to children with hearing and communication difficulties. Support our programs by attending Tee Off for Kids, our benefit golf tournament, on Monday, June 6th. Hosted at an exclusive club in San Mateo with lunch, golf, cocktails, and dinner included. Amazing prizes like a new Porsche, Pebble Beach giveaway, and more. Buy tickets or support today at listenspeaklearn.org. Pedro Fernandez here. You might know me as the host of Ring Talk Live Worldwide, but this time I'm here to talk about that four-letter word everybody dreads, pain. If you have back pain or knee pain like I do, hey, you should know about the Health Alert Hotline. I'm talking about if Medicare is your primary medical insurance, and guess what? You can qualify for a back or knee brace or a shoulder brace for little or no charge. Anything to help me with the pain, hey, makes it more manageable, gets my attention, folks. I love the free delivery, and they take care of the paperwork for you. So if you have Medicare and need help for your back, ankle, knee, or shoulder, guess what? Give the Health Alert Hotline a call toll-free, 1-800-428-1570. 1-800-428-1570. You can qualify for a back or knee brace or a shoulder brace for little or no charge. 1-800-428-1570. The Health Alert Hotline, 1-800-428-1570. Are you wasting hundreds of dollars each year on contact lenses? Would you like to be able to see clearly again without reading glasses? Make the smart choice with IQ Laser Vision. Offering locations throughout California, Dr. Robert Lin and his staff at IQ Laser Vision have performed over 40,000 LASIK procedures. LASIK is also as affordable as your daily cup of coffee at less than $2 per day. See for yourself at IQLaserVision.com. That's IQLaserVision.com. IQ Laser Vision. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Bruce, who's on the phone? Well, we got Rick Barry on the phone, and Rick, of course, uh, played in the NBA for many years, played in the ABA as well, uh, but really had his great moment uh, in sports with the Golden State Warriors in 1974-75 when a team that, uh, of uh, people that I don't, don't think many had heard of, uh, guys like Charles Dudley and Clifford Ray and... Uh, you know, uh, there were Bill Bridges was on that team, and, and they won the NBA title. They swept the favorite Washington Bullets. And, Rick, i got to ask you right off the top, I mean, that, that was 40, 41 years ago, but I would think that was – I was lucky enough. I was just a kid out of college covering that team for a little newspaper, and it still remains embedded in my mind as one of the great moments in Bay Area sports history because of the fact that you guys weren't supposed to do this. Uh, as, as the season wore on and you got further along into the campaign and then into the playoffs, did you kind of sense that something special was going on here? Well, I, I knew that, uh, that the team was going to be better than what people thought at the beginning. I knew there was something special when we got over and went to training camp. It was just it was a great group of guys who all seemed to be on the same page. 
trying to be as good as we could be, playing unselfishly. And as the season went on, I, I knew that we were going to uh, certainly surprise some people. Did I think we were going to win the championship? Obviously not. Uh, but that's why you have to play the games. You just never know what's going to happen. But it was a great group of guys. And as it turned out, I, I still think to this day it's still the greatest upset in the history of the NBA. There's never been a team that was not supposed to be a playoff team that not only makes the playoffs, wins their division, then they're supposed to get beaten by Chicago and we're supposed to get swept in the finals and we sweep the team that's supposed to sweep us. So it doesn't get more dramatic than that. That's really, it's really something. And as we speak, uh, the current Warriors coming off the second championship was a 40-year drought in between titles, and they were supposed to win it this year. And as we speak, now they could be uh, they could, well, they're still alive as we speak. They could be eliminated tonight. They could move on and 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 keep this series going. Uh, what's your feeling about this current team? Because I'm, I know you're watching them from afar, but you're, I'm sure you're still a fan of the Warriors. Uh, do you think they can come back and win this thing against an Oklahoma City team right now that's doing everything right? Well, it's going to be very difficult for them. Um, they went through the entire season and had a record-setting season. And never had a down period, and they never lost back-to-back games. And unfortunately, right now, they've played four very poor basketball games, two bad games at home, and two atrocious games on the road. And so they've never been in a situation like this before where they have played so poorly. So whether or not they're able to recoup remains to be seen, and obviously it has to start with seeing what they can do in the ball game tonight. If they can play their brand of basketball, which they have not done very well so far, and do it for an extended period of time and get a good convincing victory playing their style of basketball, then I think they might have a chance, but it's still going to be extremely difficult to have to go back to Oklahoma City and to have to beat them back there, especially after two just horrible performances they had. So, Rick, what goes on where a team doesn't play their brand of basketball that's been winning for them during the season? Well, I think in this case it's been a little bit of a lack of focus. Um, Just being careless with the basketball, Mm -hmm. turnovers, too many fast shots, not passing and moving the ball like they did, and then it's compounded by having a couple of your star players, Steph and and Draymond, um, you know, not playing all that well, especially in the two games back there in Oklahoma City. Both of them shot exceptionally poorly, uh, had numerous turnovers. And they just played right into the hands of Oklahoma City, who has a lot of people playing exceptionally well, and their two star players are playing very well, especially Westbrook. So uh, that just makes it even more difficult. And you can talk about injuries, and certainly Steph Curry, most observers have, have noticed him not at full strength. Draymond Green is, is banged up. Andrew Bogut is hurting. But that's just the part of the NBA that you've got to fight your way through. And I know that when you guys won in, in 74-75, you didn't have any major injuries, but I think at that kind of time of the year, you have to kind of suck it up and, and take it to a different level. Well, don't look, you, look, look at uh, Steven Adams. I mean, yeah. he, he should be playing with a helmet on, you know? <laughs> yeah, getting kicked in the groin twice. Yeah. But, I mean, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is, I guess, you, you have to kind of uh, find that extra reserve, don't you, Rick? Which is not easy to do when you play an 82-game regular season and then you have God knows how many playoff games. Well, you know, I, I hear that talk a lot from a lot of different people. I'm not a big believer in that. Uh, I, I don't think that's the, that's the factor at all. The factor is is that for some reason the NBA allows the playoffs to become overly physical. And I think that's a draining factor for you. And if you haven't experienced it before... Uh, it could be a major factor, but in the Warriors' case, they've been through it. They know what it's like. Uh, and I just think that it's a matter of mental focus. You just can't lose your focus. You can't stop doing what you did to get to the point that you are at this point of the season. And the Warriors have lost that for whatever reason. I don't know why, but he is being 
you know, happening on such a large scale is perplexing to me, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, especially since they won, they won last year, and you, you, it's interesting because you were mentioning about how your team in 74-75 uh, had the same, basically the same type of temperament of unselfish basketball. Yeah, you all played well as a team, and that's kind of what's been carried over to this team, but yet, for some reason, they go to Oklahoma. and Well, actually, it really did start at the home game, the first game they lost. Yeah, I just think, Rick, I don't know what, you know, you're a much more of a, a, a close observer of the game than I am because you played it, you understand it a lot more, but it just seems to me that they're playing an Oklahoma City team right now that's peaking at the right time. I mean, they're young, they're fresh, they're strong, they're hungry, they're playing with a lot of energy and a lot of aggressiveness, and sometimes when you run into teams like that, you can be, you know, playing an average game, and you're going to get run over and I'm sure it, it, you know you guys did the same thing to Washington they came into that series in the championships in 75 the prohibitive favorite you want a, a close game back there and then uh, you know you want a couple of close games but you you got them it seemed like you got them out of their game now, tell me if I'm wrong and that's kind of what Oklahoma City's done to the Warriors this year yeah well they've taken advantage of the Warriors struggles and uh, Warriors were lucky to win even win game number two yeah. they only played about 15 minutes of good basketball just at Oklahoma City had a really poor game in that one, and the Warriors didn't play as poorly in the remaining part of the game as they did in game number one. They almost squeaked out another victory. Uh, but then in Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma City, they didn't do anything. I mean, they didn't even come close to playing 15 minutes of good basketball on both ends of the court. If it weren't for Clay getting incredibly hot in the third quarter, uh, that game would have been even more embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you remember most about um – you know, you talk about that team of 74, 75, and, and again, we who have been around here in the Bay Area for a long time draw comparisons with the current team, not so much because of the style of play, um, but, you know, everybody's different. But the temperament, uh, the all-for-one, one-for-all attitude, attitude that Al Adels, that your coach embodied, and Steve Kerr seems to be sort of almost a, the same kind of uh, philosophy, doesn't he, than, as Al Adels? Yeah, he does, and he's willing to play a lot of people as well. So there's a similarity between championship team of last year and what they've done this year in our team is pretty remarkable. Uh, I actually wrote a column about it when I was writing for the Examiner last year. And there are a great deal of similarities between the two. But, you know, there's there's things going on here that I don't understand is that why guys want to try to do things differently than what they yeah. get the success that they have. That happened to us when we try to repeat. It happened to us in the final game, game seven of the Western Conference. And that, the uh, following year, when you had a better record, actually. We, yeah. we went away from playing the kind of basketball that we normally play. We blew a game um, down in Phoenix that we should have won in game six to go to the finals again. And we came home, and we didn't play Warriors basketball. Uh, and it cost us, and we wound up losing close game and missing out on an opportunity to become defending champions. So, and that really eats at my crawl because... I think we would have beaten Boston without any question in my mind. They just didn't match up really well against us. And I think we could have beaten them. And the Phoenix probably could have, too, except they got hosed in that triple overtime game with Richie Powers. I just actually did a piece of NBA TV. Richie Powers chose to ignore the timeout request from Paul Silas, which would have been a technical foul. And then Paul Westfall made that. They would have won that. It's just crazy what goes on in the world of basketball. Rick Barry's still upset about it after 40 years. And I, don't, I don't blame you. I don't blame you, man. <laughs> All right, hold on. Hold on, Rick. we got to go to our first commercial break here. Uh, that, and we're going to ask this question, and if you know the answer, don't say anything yet because we'll, we'll let you answer when we come back from break. All right? We'll start off with a basketball question here. 
Who is the only player from the losing team to win the MVP award in the NBA Finals? Ooh, good All right. Question. The yeah. uh, first email with the correct answer will win a free three-day, two-night stay at that Lighthouse Resort. Email edward at sportsecon101.com. The answer to this question, who is the only player from the losing team to win the NBA uh, excuse me, M- MVP award in the NBA Finals. All right? Stay with us. You're listening to Sports Econ 101 with Edward Brown and Bruce McGowan and our guest, Rick Berry, from the 74-75 Golden State Warriors. of calls, levies, and liens from the IRS or hiring others who don't get the job done? Call Wall and Associates and you'll never talk to the IRS again. The IRS has a program to eliminate tax debt and Wall and Associates professionals are trained to maximize its benefits for you. You always speak with a live person with real support and real knowledge. We've helped thousands of taxpayers like you settle their tax debt with the IRS for a fraction of what they owe. We solve tax problems. Call Wall and Associates now. 800-480-5708. We have the professionals who know how to solve tax problems. If you owe money to the IRS, your tax problems are not going away by themselves. And the passage of time will only make matters worse. Act now before it's too late. Call Wall and Associates right now to speak to a professional tax relief agent. Call 800-480-5708. That's 800-480-5708. Again. 800-480-5708. Rebuild or replace transmission, $3,200. Anti-lock brake system, $1,000. Rebuild or replace engine, $2,400. Truth is, once your manufacturer's warranty runs out, it's all on you. Every last cent. Get protection for covered repairs with a vehicle service contract from Toco Warranty. Unlike other companies, with Toco, there's no down payment, and the monthly payments are really affordable. Not sure how long you're keeping your car? At Toco, you can pay as you go. Keep your hard-earned cash and call Toco Warranty right now at 800-222-2313 to save big money on covered auto repairs. Prices vary by vehicle, but for about the cost of a tank of gas per month, a Toco plan has your back on expensive covered car repairs. Monthly payments are very affordable. Get your free quote now. Call Toco at 800-222-2313. That's 800-222-2313. 800-222-2313. Cancellation fee may apply. Subject to eligibility. Not available in Missouri and Washington. Waiting period and deductible apply. Coverage provided and administered by Warrantech Corporation or its affiliates. Not affiliated with any manufacturer or dealership. Visit tocowarranty.com for complete terms and conditions. This family is at home, but they won't be answering the door. They know that the pounding on the door is a process server from the court waiting to hand them foreclosure documents. So instead of enjoying the home they worked so hard to afford, they sit hiding in the dark. Mom, what was that? But it doesn't have to be this way. This family can save their home, but they must act fast. Call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions at 800-274-7312. If you're being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, missed a payment on your mortgage, been a victim of a predatory loan, or are upside down on your home, it's critical that you call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions now. 800-274-7312. Allied State Foreclosure Solutions has an attorney in your area that will meet and speak with you. You can stop the foreclosure 
foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, save your home and your credit. But you must act now. Call 800-274-7312. 800-274-7312. Not available in all states. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Second trivia question. To date, who is the only Major League Baseball player to win both the Rookie of the Year and Cy Young Award in the same year? I'm going to say Vida Blue, but I think I'm no, wrong. That's after him. It's after him. Yeah. Later in the 70s? Uh, early, early 80s. Early 80s. Wow, I'm, I'm stumped. Fernando Valenzuela. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah Fernando Mania. And he did it the year of the strike. Yeah, 81. So that's why it wasn't a big deal. I mean, it was a big deal, but it wasn't as big a deal because he didn't rack up you know, 20 good. wins or something. That's a good point. Anyway. Okay, so we have Rick Barry, Hall of Fame uh, basketball player, on right. the line. And Rick... Uh, one of the questions I want to ask you again, because we've had uh, Al Adels on a few times, and he's talked about how in the championship series with the Washington Bullets, how you were a marked man. I don't know if were you a marked man in from game one, or was it starting to get into game three and four? No, I just think because they were panicked, they were they knew that they were in big trouble, and they figured that you know if they could get me into a fight, get me thrown out of the game, they'd have a chance to win the game, and so that's what it was. And it started at the tip. Uh, Ridden hit me with an elbow at the first tip jump ball and so I, I said oh okay this is what it's going to be like so I, I knew what he was doing and I wasn't even getting suckered into that and the game's changed a, quite a bit since then you know you don't I don't know you well don't you don't see, see those kind of any kind of fights there I remember seeing a fight Rick I was covering a game in 1981 at the Spectrum in Philly when I was working in, in radio network sports in New York and it was the Eastern Conference Finals Boston against Philly very emotional series Boston came back from something like 18 points down and somebody threw a beer at Cedric Maxwell and he literally went into the stands and beat this fan senseless I mean he, he, he knew which fan it was he knew which fan it was he he pummeled him and then one, his buddy came over and he popped him too and, and continued playing so so they let some of that stuff go, and I guess what happened as a result of, of Reardon attacking you, they, they, they didn't call Reardon for a foul, but they called Al, They kicked Al Adels out of the game because Al came onto the floor to try to get the attention away from you, and in doing so, uh, I guess Wes Unsell grabbed him, and they started tangling, and then Richie Powers kicked him out of the game and, and charged him with a technical, which was just an egregious mistake, and I know that you were uh, – the, the players, I think that kind of fired you guys up a little, didn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it was yeah, Al came out to try to prevent me from getting me and uh, you know get me thrown out of the game, and so it was stupid for Richie to throw him out of the game. But that's the way it goes. I'm trying to get into the lot here because these guys are you know gotcha. the arena. So okay, hey, listen, we really appreciate Rick, you being for on all Rick. time with us, Rick. I'm, okay. getting, I'm getting into the lot right now. Hey, I got one. I got a trivia question. Okay, this is a great one. So, who's the only woman in the history of? NCAA basketball Division One to be an academic All America first team and have a son who is Division One academic All America first team in men's basketball. That would be my wife Lynn and my youngest son Canyon who got that distinction this year. All right, right. good for you. Good deal. I was wondering about your son, your young son, because he's no longer a young son. He's a, he's a college student now, huh? Well, he graduated and you know, so he became a free agent. He had all kinds of teams after him, and he's going to play his last year at the University of Florida next year for Mike White. So it's going to be exciting to see what he's able to uh, what he's able to do. But anyway, it's always good to talk to you guys. Uh, I appreciate it, and uh, you know, go Warriors! Yeah, yeah thanks, definitely. Rick. Really appreciate thanks it so much, Rick. All right, now Rick has got to be. Bye-bye. I was going to say Rick has got to be the leader in producing athletes because he has. Uh, I believe he had four sons with his first wife, and three of them played. I believe three of them played in the NBA. I know Scooter and 
Brent did, and I think there was one other that John? played. John, John yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh no, Scooter didn't. Scooter made it. Scooter, yeah. Scooter made it to the uh, training camp, but John and and, um, and Brent and Brent were both pretty good players. Yeah, John went on to television. Television. Yeah, yeah. 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 He was. Uh, he played with Sacramento. I think his last couple of years. Brent was probably a little bit better. He played with the Clippers. You know, they weren't like their dad, but, you know, just to follow in their dad's footsteps and play in the NBA and play for several years, that's quite something. And now he's got another son. Rick is an amazing athlete. If you've – I've played in a softball game with Rick, and Rick can play any sport probably better than just about anybody out there. He's just one of those – you know how some people are just natural athletes? And he was was one of the few guys who – I guess Wilt Chamberlain was the other one who who flipped the ball up underhanded yeah. when he was at the foul line. And the reason he did that, he said it was much easier. And he's, he tells me to this day, he says, the guys who struggle at the line should learn how to do that because it's really a lot easier. He should be teaching them. I think so. <laughs> you know, here's the deal. And I didn't mention this to Rick because uh, it's kind of a sore spot and maybe we could have talked to him about it. Maybe when we get him on again, we will talk to him about it. I think Rick Barry could have been a terrific pro coach. coach. He was a, He was a good minor league coach and his teams did very well but rick if you kind of had the feeling if you listen to some of the comments he made he's he's what i would call a contrarian you say something's brown he says it's blue you say hmm. the day is warm he says it's cold and rick is usually he likes to argue but he's usually right <laughs> that's the problem Wait, are you and telling nobody, me it's not cold outside yeah, well and nobody <laughs> likes and nobody likes to be reminded that they're wrong so because of that People seem to think that Rick is a bad guy, but he's he's one of the best guys around. And again, I'm prejudiced because I've known him for many, many years off and on. We worked together for five years, but a great guy, a good friend, and just a terrific athlete. And of course, you know, his legacy will, will stay here in the Bay Area forever because he led the Warriors to their first NBA championship. Well, he de- definitely is a good tactician. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he you know. knew how to, you know, I think he appreciates the way the, and we didn't talk about this either, but we, we've, you and I have talked about this, the way the Warriors play today is very much like the way basketball was played, generally speaking, in the a NBA, in the, in the 1970s, right. even up into the 80s, yeah. and it, it kind of changed in the 90s with Michael Jordan, not, not mm. because of any fault that, of Michael Jordan, but it was because he was so good, kids wanted to be like Mike. You remember that, be yep, like Mike? Yeah. And so there was a lot more one-on-one, and that takes away from the game. You know, one-on-one is fun to watch if it's, you know, just a street game, but if it's an NBA game, I don't think it's fun to watch at all. Well, it's amazing how many games uh, are lost by a team when a guy scores 50 points. Yeah. You know, and it reminds you, it's a team game. Yeah. Well, you can have a guy take over a game and score 50, or you can have a guy, you know, they just keep feeding the ball, and he's, he's trying to score, and it's not going to work. It is a team game. I mean, you have to have the stars to play the game. The Warriors, one of the reasons they're losing right now is Steph Curry's not playing that well, yeah. but he's also hurting. But but you also notice uh, Clay Thompson, you, you, could, you could just watch him, even, for, you know, again, on television, watching him. He didn't have the confidence. Suddenly, when he started hitting, you could just see it in his face. Oh, yeah. and it's like, okay, now I'm on track. And well, then he started hitting. Boom, boom, boom. You have to have – to get the confidence, you have to be successful to be successful. You have to be focused to be focused. You have to be – you know, there's all these things that have to be in place. And I think the, uh, several of them fell out of place for the Warriors. And then on top of that, to complicate things, you're playing a darn good team. Oh, yeah, very good. Young and strong, and they got, you know, length, and they've got athleticism, and they've got a great bench. I don't think they're as deep as the Warriors or as smart or – if if you, over the course of the year, I think the Warriors would beat them. They did during the regular season, yeah. but right now they're playing the best basketball, and the Warriors are not. And the Warriors, I think, also not to make excuses, but I think if I I guarantee you, if Steph Curry and Andrew Bogut and uh, Draymond Green were at full strength, I think they would be in this series by okay. a long shot. Well, when you're shooting, what is it, thirty eight percent or something? Awful. Y- y- and you 
you've got to get those offensive rebounds. And you're not getting the rebounds. But, and you're not, partly you're not because you've got a couple of twin towers there. Well, and also another reason is the Warriors have been dropping back on defense because they're so afraid of getting beat in the transition game, which has happened to them. So it's but just it's really a, usually they're, there's that's one of the strengths that they have. They've had a good defense, but right now Oklahoma City, I think also Oklahoma City, it's like a, it's like a golfer who's hitting every shot or yeah. a, a baseball player. You know, The other day I was reading a story about Giancarlo Stanton, the great oh, yeah. slugger uh-huh. with uh, – Florida, I don't know if you heard this story, he struck out something like 48 times out of 80 at-bats. Something ridiculous. Maybe it wasn't that many. but This it was, year? This year? Yeah, it was early in the season. He was having, I think it was, tw- actually it was 24 strikeouts in 32 at-bats. And the other eight at-bats, he, he like grounded out. Just was in a horrible, horrible slump. But then you get some guy who, you know, hits a grand slam and a two-run double, and the next day he hits three more doubles. And so, you know, you get in those hot streaks, and, and you got to ride it right now, Oklahoma is riding it. I don't think they. if it was up to them, I think they would have played a, lot, a day right after the the, yeah, sure. the fourth game and kept the thing going. You don't want to stop. Well, wasn't it Willie Mays like one for 17 or something? His he, first? Willie, Willie Mays was hitless in his first uh, 12 times 12 to the plate, times, yeah. and his first hit was a home run over the roof <laughs> at, <laughs> at the polo grounds. That'll give you a little... That'll give you a little confidence. Not, uh, not in center field, though. Got a, got a great quote. Here's a <laughs> yeah. great quote about Willie Mays. Monty Irvin, who was yeah. one of, kind of like an older brother to, uh, to yeah. him. Monty was one of the first African-American players, first African-American player to play with the New York Giants. And when Willie made his great catch against Vic Wirtz yeah. in the 54 series, the, whole, the yeah. ball that's been, you know, it's, it's turned into sort of a mythic kind of a play where he caught it in the deepest part of the ballpark, about 460 feet from home plate. No more and, than that, I think. 400, was it 505? So 480. Yeah, because 505, it must have been 480. Yeah, I mean, normally that's, a, that's an incredible home run, but he yeah. hit it, unfortunately, in the deepest part of the park, and Willie had time to, to get back there and make the catch. And Willie's coming in, and, and uh, Monty Irvin says to him, geez, geez, Willie, I didn't think you were going to get to that ball. And Willie kind of laughed. He goes, ah, what are you talking about? I had it all the way. Had it all the way, and you know that's and great... he probably did. I mean, I, well, think, yeah. I don't think he was just being uh, no, he wasn't being he wasn't it. being snotty or yeah. you know uh, kidding around. I mean, he really f- you have to believe you can do that. The so, great ones make those plays. So I'm I'm wondering why did he fall down at the end? He somehow twisted. Well, his... he he actually it's interesting if you watch the film. He catches the ball, then he spins around and makes yeah. this incredible throw. And he put so much into it that he lost his balance and fell forward. Yeah. And you see him kind of propping himself up to make sure that the runner, the two runners, Al Rosen, who later became the general manager of the Giants, uh, was on base for Cleveland. And he had to hustle to get back to first. Barely made it back. Almost a double play. I'll bet, I'll bet he, he rounded, probably rounded second. He did. Yeah, so he had to go back and touch yeah, second. Got to go back and touch second. And <laughs> Willie, you know, Willie almost threw him out. It seems to, I love these crazy plays, though. The other day I was at a Giants game and. Um, Hunter Pence comes out as a pinch hitter. He'd been struggling with a hamstring problem and said he could you know, maybe give the Giants one at bat late in the game. So they had a runner at first base who was pretty slow-footed, Brandon Belt. And Hunter hits this high, towering fly ball in the short right field. The second baseman goes back, and the right fielder, Matt Kemp, is charging in. So the second oh, yeah. baseman uh, you know, just immediately backs off. And this sudden gust of wind, kind of like candlestick, comes along and just moves the ball just a little bit. Just out of Kemp's just reach. Just out of Kemp's reach. Yeah. It drops. And, of course, Belt is running on the play because there's two out. And he's slow-footed, but he makes it home with ease. Yeah. <laughs> One of those crazy plays. That was, and that was the game-winning play. It was, that, the that game was, was awesome. over. Yeah, bottom of the ninth. That was awesome. When you're okay. going good, that's what happens. The 13 out of 14. That'll yeah. do Okay, yeah. here we're going to cut to our last commercial uh, uh, break trivia question here. How many times did it take Joe DiMaggio to get elected into the Hall of Fame? Mm, good question. One would think it would have been right away. Right away. Yeah. 
The first email with wouldn't that be funny if it was and is a trick question? Yeah. Okay, the first email with the correct answer is going to win that free three day two night stay at the Lighthouse Resort. Email Edward at sportsecon101.com the answer to this question. How many times did it take Joe DiMaggio to get elected to the Hall of Fame? Stay with us. This is new Sports Econ 101. We'll be right back. Whitewater rafting is the ultimate team sport, and since 1972, Motherlode River Center has been running river trips from mile to wild on the American River, California's most popular whitewater rafting destination. Motherlode's passion has always been in sharing the beauty, adventure, and cooperative spirit of safely navigating California's rivers. Over 44 years, Motherlode has taken over 280,000 happy guests downriver while maintaining the industry's best safety record. Nestled in the foothills between San Francisco and Tahoe, the Mother Lode River Center is California's original white water resort spanning a half a mile of riverfront, with camping options from pitching your own tent to luxury house rentals. The only rafting resort in California with on-site ropes course, Mother Lode River Center is ideal for corporate retreats, birthday parties, school field trips, or family getaways. So come take advantage of the best river flow in five years this season at Mother Lode River Center. Book your trip today by calling 530-626-4187. See you on the river. Hi, Sports Econ 101 listeners. I'm Edward Brown. You know me as the host of the show, but you may not know that I work with individuals getting them the least expensive term life insurance policies around. Don't be fooled by the ads you hear on TV and radio. It's always best to work with someone who's completely independent. That's where I come in. If you email me at edward at sportsecon101.com, your name your age, and how much insurance you want, I'll run the numbers through my software program and let you know the least expensive policy around from among many of the top insurance companies. Again, I'm totally independent, so email edward at sportsecon101.com for your free life insurance quote today. Why pay more for life insurance than you need to? I can get you a guaranteed policy where the low premiums are fixed anywhere from 10 to 35 years. So email edward at sportsecon101.com right now for your free life insurance quote. That's edward at sportsecon101.com. Yosemite Gold Country Lodge has been called by guests a hidden gem, a beautiful place, and a great place with down-home country charm. A stay at Yosemite Gold Country Lodge means that you'll be in the historical gold district close to Yosemite. In addition to complimentary Wi-Fi, each room is equipped with a fireplace, and you could take advantage of the spa tub and a complimentary continental breakfast. Call 209-878-3400 or go to YGCLodge.com. You don't buy a new truck without adding a few things to make it work better, like a winch or a bed liner or lockable toolbox. So why not do the same for your Red Wing work boots? At a Red Wing shoe store, you'll find everything you need to stay comfortable on the job, from moisture-wicking socks to removable footbeds and boot care products. So come talk with our fit experts today for handcrafted footwear. And accessories to boot. Red Wing Shoes. Work is our work. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. When we cut to the last trivia question, we here was here was the last trivia question. How many times did it take Joe DiMaggio to get elected into the Hall of Fame? Well, I would say I would have thought he would have been elected unanimously the first time, but obviously if you ask that question, that didn't happen. So I'm gonna say twice. 
Zero. He's not in the Hall of Fame. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I saw <laughs> no, the eyebrows. I, I know he's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yes. It took his in his third. Uh, really? 1955, his third year of really? eligibility. That's amazing. John, I, I mean, you look at the numbers. Now, he yeah. only played for 12 years because the, yeah, the war was, took three years away, but his numbers 12 years were, is, is enough. Yeah, I think sense. he had 379. He batted 335. Yeah. I mean, come on. I, I mean, it's not like it's not like Gail Sayers who played, what, six years or no. something? I think you know? I think Joe DiMaggio in his life struck out like 127 times, and that's in like 13 years. He struck out an average about 12 times a year. One that's year, amazing. I think he struck out like eight times. Can you imagine that? That means you're putting the ball in play, giving yourself a chance. Yeah. I wonder how much time. the, uh, you know, like Ted Williams also had a good eye. Oh, God. And I, and I think yeah. I think sometimes the umpires just, at some point, they just know that a guy's yeah. got a good eye. And so it's like if it's close, they'll go, no, he would have swung at it if <laughs> it was a strike. I, I think, I hate to say it, there is a double standard. It's, it's normal. And it, it's not that they're trying to give the great players an extra edge because they don't need it. But they know also that the great players, the great hitters, have a good eye and are not going to be fooled most of the time. <laughs> not, not all the time. But most of the time, I mean, you think about it, p- pitching is or hitting is set. Even the best hitters, 70 percent of the time fail yeah. seven times out of 10. So, so, you know. so DiMaggio started in 36, 36. And, you and, know, I, and that's that's also what's so surprising about this is, you know, uh, Willie Mays hadn't played yet. So, no. again, a lot of times I think they do make comparisons. Oh, sure. So, right. So, you know, it, it theor- theoretically, it should be harder to get in the Hall of Fame now than it was back then. Oh, yeah. Less players. Well, I, you know, I'm surprised. Again, I'm surprised. And again, maybe the standards were higher then. I don't know. Maybe there was resentment because Joe only played 13 years. But, I mean, he was an all-star like 11 times. Yeah, 13. I mean, that that's still 13 a long time. Well, he would, it would have been six. Like I said, it would have been no, 16. Been 16. I know. But, I mean, it's not like. Yeah. And I mean, he, he guys could play 20 years. Well, he could have played another four or five, but he just yeah. was tired of playing. He had other business interests and he, had, he was 36. And he, you know, he was. I mean, they won the championship how many times? Yeah. All those great teams. Also, he probably wanted to uh, end up on top, which is really hard to do, but it's really smart. Well, he and '51 they did. They won the, his last time was Willie Mays' rookie year. Uh, they played against each other, the Yankees and Giants, and the Yankees won it that year. And it, interestingly enough, the next year Joe met the year after he got out of baseball, he met Marilyn Monroe, and well, they that, were. I'll t- take your mind off baseball. They, uh, <laughs> they, they were together only ten years, but Joe put a red rose on her crypt once a week or had somebody do it for him if he couldn't do it himself every year from 1962 when she died until 1987, 25 years. That's well, true love. They were divorced, though. They were. They were divorced yeah. very early. Joe wanted her, her to lead a kind of a quiet, unassuming life, and that wasn't for Marilyn. You know, Marilyn was, um, you know, she was into the crowd. She was into the glitter, and she wanted to, I mean, I, I live in a little town, a little sleepy town in Marin County called Fairfax, and Joe had some friends there back in the 1950s, and they lend him a uh, a real nice home just down the road from where I live and Joe moved Marilyn into that home there's a big story about it in in Fairfax where I live and they talk about it all the time and, and Marilyn Monroe just felt she felt like she was so isolated and cut off and she got depressed and within a couple yeah. weeks she had to move out and they moved back into the city you know because that's was more action in the city the more things to do. I, I, yeah, I guess in San Francisco. Boy, if I were her, I would have wanted to be in New York, not San Francisco. Well, Sammy, she was she was kind of a West Coast girl. I think she okay. was. I believe she was raised in Southern California. Yeah, that's true. And it's interesting. Another interesting little um, relation that I have secondhand to Marilyn Monroe is my grandma. My wife's grandmother worked in a munitions factory as a young woman, and Marilyn Monroe was in that factory also working for the summer, and she was just eighteen or seventeen years old at the time. And this is in the mid, like right in the middle of the war. <laughs> she said it was really tough. There were some guys that were working in there also, and really tough because she was so stunningly beautiful, and all the women were just 
you know, staring at her, and all the men were staring at her, and the poor thing. Can you imagine having people stare at you all the time? I've and, got and, and, that problem all the time, my well, friend. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, seriously. And, and, and no. I mean, Norma Jean. It, yeah, I mean, Norma Jean Baker. They, and if you didn't, if you, even if you had a good feeling about who you were, I mean, how would you feel about that? Would it skew how your, you know, your perception of yourself? So I, not to get off on a tangent, but I think Joe DiMaggio made the uh, unenviable mistake of getting involved with a woman who just wasn't very, uh, you know, stable, and it was too bad. That's that. Remember that song? If you want to be happy for the rest of your life, never make a pretty woman your wife. No, never heard that one. Well, I, I made, <laughs> pre- I made a, song. Yeah. I made, I made a pretty woman my wife twenty two years ago, and we're still happy. So I'm not complaining. <laughs> and me too. I, yeah. I did too. They so there's say, that. That's that's not true. It's, it's that, just, if you want to be happy the rest of your life, um, get an ugly woman to marry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, <laughs> they call it a two bagger, right? Yeah. In case the first one breaks. Oh boy, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. All right, so talking a little baseball here. Um, the Dodgers are kind of flailing yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Colorado. Pl- eh, uh, the National yeah. League West is not very good. I mean, the, the fact that the Giants. Well, anybody win it? Yeah, I, well, you know the way the Giants are playing right now. They're they're starting pitching and their all star infield, which has probably the best shortstop in the National League, yeah. Brandon Crawford, and. One of the best young second basemen in Joe Panic, mm-hmm. pretty good third baseman in, in Matt Duffy, and a very underrated first baseman, not only uh, hitting but fielding in Brandon Belt. I just don't see anybody beating the Giants uh, in that division. Maybe the Dodgers will challenge them, but the Dodgers don't have enough pitching after Kershaw. And then the rest of the division, uh, Edward, is horrible. I mean, the Giants beat the San Diego Padres eight times already. Yeah. They've beaten the Rockies. Now, the Rockies had some they had some trouble with the Rockies, but the Rockies are not very good. Story, Arizona's story not very good. can't carry the whole thing. Uh, no, you know? no, you know. And yeah. again, I, I think the teams to watch are Chicago, yeah, yeah. St. Louis, Washington, the Mets, and the Giants. Actually, it's both Chicago teams. Well, I'm in the National yeah, League, in the American League, yeah, yeah, definitely. The White Sox have been a big surprise this year, and I, I don't think anybody could see that. It's really interesting. The two best pitchers in baseball right now pitch for Chicago: the left-hander in the South Side, yeah. Chris Sale; the the right-hander in the North Side, Jake there Arrieta. I think yeah. the only people who are not going to root for the Cubs are uh, Mets and uh, White Pittsburgh's Sox. and White fans. Sox fans. If well, you that's go, true. If you that's go to true, Chicago, yeah. I was surprised yeah. they never. You know, they play each other in interleague games, but it's it's like it's one they the hate each other. And why? You know, I mean, it's like well, when on I, the when, South Side with Chicago I, White Sox. Yeah, you know, and, but I still. I mean, when I when I uh, hear Giants and A's fans. Yeah, complain just, about each other. I always say, "Why you're well, not in the same division? You yeah. hardly ever play each other. Only you know four times a year. Why do you hate them? I think it's just jealousy sometimes. Well, and it's it's not is it the, it's not the players, right? It's no, it's, the fans. it's it's the fans. It's the, the fans. The fan, yeah. Oh, the players don't care. You know, the players could care less. It's the same thing with you know Raiders and Forty Niners. It's oh, like yeah. it's like I, I don't get it. You're supposed well, to be a Bay Area. T- in yeah. fact, I mean, I it's funny because I'll root for a California team if it's in let's say the World Series. Uh, I mean. I, it's funny. I, I will not root. Ju- I will never root for a team from Southern California, <laughs> ever. Well, I'm still upset of the 2002 World Series. Oh yeah, that well, one, you know, the, But if you're a, if you're somebody listening to this show in the New York area, you're probably looking at us or listening and kind of cocking your head and going, "What are you talking about?" Because New York fans, you either love the Giants or you love the Jets. You don't love both. You either love the Yankees, or you love the Mets, but you don't love both. But but, I, they, but don't, they don't have as much hate. Like if you're a Mets fan, do you? Are, well, Mets oh yeah, fans Mets fans do not like Yankee Yankees, fans. But I don't and, know if it's back. No, like Yankee fans are kind of like you know have always been sort of up on their high horse. Yeah. You know, we don't hate. We don't have to hate. We're exactly. so much better than yeah, you are. That's right. You know? But they're not. They're not very good. Actually, they they've played pretty well this year. But I don't know how long that's going to last. And, and does Kansas City and St. Louis have that issue? No. No, not, not really. really. Not really. No. Except for the 85 the, World Series. Yeah, but, except for the know. 85 World Series and Joaquin Andohar going crazy and getting kicked out of that game. Uh, yeah, oh, that's K- right. Kansas that's City, right. that's a 
They're an intriguing story. They're starting to play better ball now. So, um, you know, but I, I'd say the National League is a little easier to figure out. The Dodgers will make a move and they'll they'll challenge. But it's the jo- Dodgers, Giants, Cubs, Cardinals, Mets, and and uh, Washington. You got two teams in each division. American <laughs> League. I don't know if it's quite so cut and dry. Seattle is leading the American League West, and I, I'm surprised. Where where in the heck did they come from? Yeah. You know, they got a couple of good players, but that's about it. And maybe it's just a bad division also. Maybe it's a bad division. Maybe they're just off to a freakish year. The thing that cracks me up the most is the Texas Rangers, who built this beautiful new stadium in 1994, now want to build an indoor stadium where one with a retractable roof because it's too hot. They didn't figure that out 22 years ago, that it was too hot? Why didn't they build it then? Well, let's see. The Houston Colt 45s changed to the Astrodome for the Astros And then they And then they moved outside. <laughs> and they played out. And I guess they don't have a dome. I don't think that. Well, they used to once they got yeah. rid of the Astrodome. Yeah. But they. I but think I mean, now that, that they built it because it gets hot in Texas. Yeah. Oh, no question. I, w- I went to a couple of games down there so with the I, Giants, and it it is that was a bizarre kind of a, a atmosphere to say the least. Very strange. It, it was fun. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed I, it because it was the, it was the first dome yeah. stadium. But it was just strange. I remember the thing I liked about it most is the Giants swept the Astros. It was in 1993 when the Giants won 103 games, and they hit nine home runs in the series and just. Beat bumps on them, and Houston was a pretty good team that year. Houston, was Houston the, had won the. Uh, Houston had uh, won a, a title, uh, a National League West title, a few years before, so they were pretty good. Yeah, they weren't um, a bad yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But was the Astrodome a good hitters' park? I actually no, it was I, not. I the ball, it was so. kind of a dead. It was kind yeah. of a, a pitcher's park. But that that particular weekend, boy, that. it sure was. I, I I think the Giants hit nine home runs in that series, and Will Clark hit about three of them. <laughs> so, Will, Will Clark loved hitting. He hit his first ever major league don't, home don't run. Don't tell me off of Nolan Ryan. That's right. First pitch. Uh, first first, first pitch. At, well, yep. that wasn't the first pitch, but it was the first at bat. Oh, I thought it was the first. No, pitch. He, the first pitch Nolan threw was a strike. He threw a curveball. Which, you know, Nolan Ryan throwing a curveball. And Will Clark, there's a great shot of him stepping out of the batter's box. And here's this, you know, 22-year-old cocky kid. He's kind of laughing. He's going, what is he doing throwing me a curveball? So he said, I bet she's going to throw me a fastball. And sure enough, he sat on that fastball and he hit it over the center field fence, which is about a 420-foot shot. You know, it's just amazing. It's like one thing to know that a pitch is coming in. You know a guy can throw 100 miles an hour, but you still have to hit it. Yeah, you still have to hit it. (laughs) Not easy, especially if it's from Nolan Ryan. Has it got some movement on it? Yeah, has it got, you know... I mean, if you're a 22-year-old kid, you're facing a, a future Hall of Famer, what a way to break in. And Will oh. Clark is not going to the Hall of Fame, but that's yeah. a Hall of Fame moment. Yeah. I wonder why Nolan would throw him a, a curveball. To, to I, a I, think, I think Will said afterwards, he asked him about that, and he said uh, Nolan realizing that Will was this highly touted rookie and was probably going to expect a fastball and probably gotcha. swing at it, he thought he'd cross him up a little bit. And, he, and, and Will wasn't fooled. He thought, okay. If that's what he's going to do. I think the next pitch is going to be a fastball. I mean, I, I, it was. Yeah, seriously, because I would have sat on a fastball. Oh, myself. yeah, yeah. All right. Um, what do we got here? Did we Did we ask? We already asked our last trivia question, didn't we? You did. Wow. We got you, wanna, you want me to come up with one off the top of my head? Sure. Because okay. I, don't, I don't know why uh, I've got uh, – okay. how, how did this work? Okay, here's the, here's the question. I got it right here. And, and, and I'll, I'll give you the uh, a hint. Rick Barry actually – Answer the. He didn't answer the question, but he gave the answer during our interview. How many teams in the NBA playoffs have come back from three-one deficits to win? How many teams? The Warriors are one of those teams that are facing those long odds. It's, I think there's 232 teams that have faced a three-one deficit, and only a few teams have been able to come back. How many? That's the question. Well, that's a good one. Yeah. I got to make sure that we got enough minutes here. <laughs> I got to make sure that I did this correct on the uh, on the clock, or else okay. we're we're going to be messed up. Oh well, okay. you have to figure it out. I'm, 
You're you're the you're the producer engineer. I'm just the There you go. You know, I got to do two yeah. things at once I'm here. But, you know, hey, having Rick Barry on, that yeah, was yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. It's amazing how many uh uh, ventures he's he's yeah he's into. he's always had a lot of things going a lot of a lot of uh, irons in the fire. He said, he said he was missing a few zeros though from the paycheck. Yeah. Well, you think about it. I mean, they made good money in those days, better than average money than most people made. But still, Rick at the height of his powers, you know, in the mid seventies was probably making you know three hundred thousand a year, which is great money back in then. But still, compared to today, it's a pittance. So you know, a lot of those players that he played with uh, did not do well financially. They. They invested their money poorly. They spent their money, and you know, I'm not saying most of them are doing poorly. I think most of them are probably doing pretty well. But it would be it would have been easy to fritter that money away if you lived the kind of fast paced lifestyle that a lot of these athletes did. And Rick, because I think the fact he had four boys to raise to to help raise that that probably was something that kept him focused. Now he had the four boys. Then well, he got they, divorced. Then he got divorced. He was married a second time. Had no kids with his second wife, and then his third wife he's been married to for about 20 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, they've been together. His first wife was his college sweetheart, and, you know, it was just a couple of kids getting married at 19 or 20. So but, those but things. still had four kids with her. They did. And they, they stuck together for a while, but, I mean, it's, you know, it's always tough when you marry really young because you change. Yeah. Yep. When you're in your 40s, which Rick was when he met his last wife, actually, it was late, late 40s, I think you're pretty much what you see is what you get. So. Wow, so he's a. Uh, uh, Rick is 72 now. He's 72. Hard and, to believe. And, and his kid just got graduated from college. Yeah, right? well, yeah, that's right. He's, he's actually finishing up a college. Finishing up, yeah, 22. Not bad. All right, stay with us. You're listening to Sports Econ 101. When we come back, we're going to have some closing comments. Are you a business owner or an individual who owes the IRS? Then be prepared to write down an important phone number. Do you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes? Do you need to file back tax returns? Are you dealing with bank levies and wage garnishments? It's time to deal with your IRS problem today. Call Certified Tax Tax Representation now. Certified Tax Tax Representation, Inc. represents clients just like you in all 50 states. They will contact the IRS on your behalf the same day that you become a client, and you can become a client immediately. It's time for you to face your IRS problems. Think about how great you're going to feel when you're represented by a company who's an advocate for you, who knows the law, who also will contact the IRS the same day you become a client. Call today for your free, no obligation consultation. Call now, 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Not all cases are typical and some may not qualify. The consultation is free and so is the call, so call right now. 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies? But you don't know what to do next. Call for free information from InventHelp. InventHelp, a leading inventor service company, has been helping inventors since 1984 and has sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide. You'll want to talk to the company that has helped secure more than 7,000 invention patents. So call InventHelp. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll still want to call InventHelp for free information. You'll find out how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to companies. So call now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. 1-800-316-1738. 
When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Now, Bruce, you asked a trivia question. I did. The the question was, how many NBA teams have come back from a three-games-to-one deficit in the playoffs? It could be in the first round, second round, or championship. I'll say nine. Very good. Oh. That's exactly how many. Could that be because Rick mentioned that? That's because, yeah, but some people might not have gotten it. And here's the deal. If the Warriors would do it, as we speak, they may have been eliminated. I mean, as we speak, when we're recording this, they were down 3-1. to one, But when the show airs, they still may be alive. They may have been eliminated. If they do somehow pull it off, they would be the 10th team, which should be quite an accomplishment. And I think, in some respects, Edward, it would be probably as big a story for them to do that as winning 73 games because, you know, no one expected them to be in this position, and then probably no one expected them to come back from 3-1 down. So well, it kind we'll of see. reminds me of the Giants in 2012, I think it was, where they just— Oh, they were down 2 down, nothing twice. Down, twice. Yeah. <laughs> they were down 2 nothing to the Reds in the Reds, first yeah. round. They had to win three in, in Cincinnati. They yeah. were down 3-1 to one to St. Louis in the championships. They won game five there. Barry Zito pitched a great game, yep. and then they blew them out in the last two games here. Yeah. So, yeah, it happens. Very cool. It happens. All right, so we've got some closing uh, uh, thoughts for the day here. Muhammad Ali said, service to others is the rent you pay for your room here on Earth. I like that. I thought that's Service to others is the rent you pay here on Earth. I like that. Yeah. I may, I may use that. <laughs> I like what Bear Bryant said here, too. Once was asked to contribute $10 to help pay for a sports writer's funeral. And according to legend, he said, here's here's a 20, Barry 2. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man. I guess Bear Bryant didn't like those sports yeah. writers. I would think that in Alabama, everybody was probably you know in his back pocket, though. One you know? would think so. Yeah, yeah, small college football back in the, not small college, but college football yeah. in the rural area back in those days. You know, the guys who covered the college football scene usually are, in those days were pretty much, uh, you know, the, the coaches' buddies. And where did they get Crimson Tide from? What's where's I, it that, from? That is a good question. I have no idea. I, I guess we'll have it's to a great name, though, isn't it? It is. I mean, who, who else is the Crimson Tide? Nobody. And it's not a, a bad enough uh, name like Redskins or anything. Anyone yeah. could be uh, well. It could be anything. It, it could be you know. It could be the tide coming in and it's red, or it could be uh, you know. I don't know. Or like you know, they, what are they? The storm. Remember, you know. I like or, that. Yeah, the red. The red, red storm. Red storm. Yeah. Yeah. I like Syracuse. That too. All right. Tune in next week to Sports Econ 101. We're going to be discussing sports topics from a business perspective and giving away more free vacations for answering like trivia those questions. Free vacations. Thank you. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm your host, Edward Brown. We'll see you next week. Good night, America. So long.